listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 12th chapter. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out. An unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them, so blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. So some friends and I in seminary would gather on Monday nights for a time of worship and prayer. And every week when we got to the prayer portion, because it was a group that knew each other well, my friend Mary would stand up to lead prayer and she would say, assume your prayer positions. And we would get as goofy as we could. We would move our bodies into the most awkward shapes we could. We would hide under chairs or lay on top of the piano or try to climb up the choir loft and straddle some chairs and then hold that posture for the entirety of prayer. And I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure the week that I was due plank, Mary added some extra petitions. (laughs) And we noticed as the year went on that certain positions helped us connect with God and understand our prayer differently than others. We noticed that positions where our bodies were relaxed and open connected us to God and with our faith in the world in a way that crunched up positions under chairs or where we were stressed about our muscles did not. And we started talking about the difference between praying with our palms up, with our bodies relaxed, but maybe not laying on the ground. That's a little bit too close to sleep for some of us. But standing with our palms up and our our bodies relaxed would connect us to prayer and to moving in our lives in a way that maybe the more typical prayer we were taught as kids did not. I don't know what you were taught as a child, but I was taught by a pastor who would say every week that we folded our hands so that our bodies didn't distract us from prayer. And we'd look down at the ground and close our eyes and listen to the quiet so that the world did not distract us from prayer. And I think our text today would say the exact opposite. That prayer is to connect our faith with the world. It's not quite in there, but I think praying with our palms up, ready to give to the world and to receive whatever grace God is offering is exactly what our text tells us today that we are called to let our fear and our, our inward thinking thoughts go 
and to stand more open to the world. Our text today says, do not be afraid at the beginning. And I haven't taken the time to count them myself, but the internet tells me, do not be afraid shows up in our Bible more than 300 times. Do not be afraid is one of the core tenets of faith because fear draws us into ourselves. It draws us into our people. It draws us into an anxious posture where we start to hoard things and see the world differently. We are reminded not to be afraid because God is with us. That is what the cross is, right? God is with us even when things are looking really, really awful. Even when we don't seem to have a reason to hope, God is there and present. The Bible is written by a whole bunch of people who had very little reason to hope, but they knew that God was with them and that God was walking with them on their journey. So our text starts before it invites us to live with open hands. It tells us not to be afraid, to cast our anxieties away, to trust that God is with us no matter what's happening in our lives. And then there's a really interesting line. Then our text tells us that God takes good pleasure in giving us the kingdom of God. Good pleasure. That it is not God's obligation to give us the kingdom of God. It is not something God is doing begrudgingly or out of liability. That it takes good pleasure God takes good pleasure in giving us the kingdom of God, which means that when God is sowing seeds of love and life in our world, it is bringing God joy. That creation is an act of joy and creativity and love for God. That God finds pleasure when we are connecting with each other and living out the kingdom of God here on earth. When it says God will give us the kingdom, God has good pleasure in giving us the kingdom of God, we're not talking about heaven here, folks. We are talking about the kingdom of God here on earth. And the next part of our text tells us how we get there. God finds good pleasure in giving you the kingdom of God, giving us the kingdom of God, because the kingdom of God is not something you can have individually. It is something that we all have together because it is love and life, and you cannot love on your own. It's a lot harder to love when we're turned in on ourselves than if we're standing open with our palms facing up. The rest of our texts are some metaphors that I find a bit confusing, and because it's my last sermon here, we're gonna dive into them word by word. Are we ready? I'm kidding. But thanks for laughing, it brings me joy when everyone laughs at my jokes. The next part of this text are these metaphors that can be broken into two chunks. The first one is give away all your money, give alms, right? Where your money is, your heart is also. It talks about how if we are holding on to things of this world, if we are trying to make more money over all else, if we are focused on climbing certain ladders, we are not free to love the world, that our treasure, whatever physical items we have, whatever money we have, are tools to love. And if we are focused in on just the money part, we're missing it. But when we give our treasure as a tool to love, when we see someone need and we care for them with our treasure, we are focusing on the love piece. And we are living with our palms up. 
The second part of this text is about being ready, right? This is the, when the master comes home from the banquet, if you're awake and alert to open the door, then you get to eat in the banquet. And it's talking about opportunities for love. It's talking about opportunities to meet someone. It's talking about opportunities to see the divine in someone else and to participate in the kingdom of God. When we are focused in on just the people we already know, when we're focused on our own tasks or our own lives, we're, we're missing opportunities of divine encounter. It says, if you wait for the master to come home, if you're ready, if when you meet someone you see it as an opportunity to love them, you get to share in the feast. This is the good pleasure we're talking about, that it brings God good pleasure to bring you the kingdom of God. Well, that kingdom of God is just love and life. It's opportunities of connection and care in our world. It's making a little bit more just, and it's you living with your hands ready to care for whomever you meet. So the next section of this text is telling us to be ready, to look around, to stop focusing so much on our tasks, and to see the world as opportunities to love and be loved in return, to care and connect with someone for the divine to break into our lives. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid that you might not have enough in the future so you hoard now. I will be with you, God will be with you. Do not be afraid that someone might hurt you. They might, but God will be with you and that moment of divine love and opportunity, that is who we're called to be and God is with us in those times. And I have really good news for you today. Y'all, the people of Abiding Hope, whether this is your first day here or you've been here since the beginning, you already know how to do this. I have only been with you for a year, but in that time, folks have loved me so well. You can tell when, when I meet people that they expect me to be someone important in their lives and they trust me with their stories. The things you have told me and shared with me have been a privilege and an honor to hold with you. And when I started meeting people, I got invited out to dinner and inviting, invited over for lunch and people started bringing me coffee and caring for my physical needs so that I would feel held by this community. And when I needed to be goofy, y'all danced with me in the back of worship and played silly games with me. And when I needed to be serious, you listened and you hugged and you sat in deep moments with me. You already know how to do this. You know how to live palms up, ready to accept whatever divine moment of love comes into your lives. And it has been an honor and a privilege to be the re recipient of that. And if we never had a one-on-one -on -one conversation and you're thinking that's not me, it is you. It is you, you are a part of this community and there are people in your lives that you already love so well. So our text today, it's a reminder that we don't need to be afraid to do that with everyone we meet. To treat every person we meet like the next abiding hope intern, right? With this expectation that what you will share will be love. You don't need to be afraid to hold your palms up and just see what happens what possibilities come into your lives by living palms up. Thank you for loving me. You are so loved by me, but more importantly, by a God who is with you always. Let's live 
palms up. Amen.